Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 14th of October 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets and business and well, let's call it what you need to know for the week. Um, I'm Nadine Blaney and I'm here with, hey, Andrew. Hey. How are you? you? Yeah, good. Um, what a fascinating week it's been. I've got to say my head is still spinning by what happened overnight. And of course, you know, as a consequence, we've seen a big bounce on the local market too. But can you recall um, a session of such volatility? No, I saw the inflation data come out last night. Mm, thinking, okay, we well, know where the market it's going. started to fall. Yeah. I was like, good night. I'm off to bed. I was up too late, anyways. And then I woke up this morning, and you know, and you sort of say, well, what? What? Wait a minute. Yeah, what did I miss? Yeah. So, what did I miss, Andrew? I mean, we've been asking well, people I, all day. Yeah, we have. In fact, I was speaking with Steve Sosnick from Interactive Brokers in New York, and look, he was scratching his head at the same time. He he thought perhaps. Um, you know, a key level of uh, resistance level of there of 3,500 for the S&P 500 may have come into play, but also perhaps some stop losses being triggered at the same time, or simply traders not wanting to miss out on the next bear market rally. Maybe well, all of the above. yeah, I mean, I spoke with Justin Muir to start the 10 and she said at Saxo, they're putting it down to a whole bunch of short covering in the market. Um Basically, though, the consensus is, I mean, I spoke to many people about it today. I don't want to go through them all, but the consensus is don't be fooled. Don't don't get thinking this is the start of something different, that it's the start of some sort of a leg up or bull market or that anything really has changed. We have solidified now in the wake of that inflation read a 75 basis point hike coming from the Fed in November. And the likelihood you'll get another one of 75 basis points the following month in December. Uh, You only have to listen to Mark Todd. No surprises there, Nadine, of what his view is. He says the markets just don't get it. He doesn't understand what those equity... uh, traders are doing right now and the bond investor yeah <laughs> yeah uh and that the fed must be tearing its hair out that you know well, obviously the likes yeah. of neil kashgari <laughs> saying i don't understand why the market keeps going up pulling their hair out um boy i would not want to be a central banker right now i also wouldn't want to be phil low from the rba because another big theme this week well continues to be u.s dollar dominance it continues to be aussie dollar weakness and yeah, we've seen a bit of a tick up today because that just seems to be the mood the market is in. Um, but like when you consider the interest rate differentials, I mean, the RBA went, as you well know, by 25 basis points last time around. I mean, how, how can it in a world of 75, 75, potentially even 75, can it just take its time, you know, take a breather? So I've read some good analysis from ANZ today and it said the Aussie dollar is not a cause for RBA concern. Yet, 
All right. So um, look, it says it won't have a material impact on the inflation forecasts in November, but it will not remain the case because Aussie dollar weakness could ultimately, you know, really limit the extent to which it can lag behind, you know, the rate hikes that that we're seeing from other central banks. Yeah, Warren Hogan from EQ Economics made the point too that um, you know reaches the point where we're obviously going to be importing inflation. Uh, at a time when the Aussie is falling and potentially we could be in recession. So he's got a pretty dark outlook as to where we could possibly be um, early next year. And, you know, I get the sense that perhaps he, he thought the RBA probably shouldn't have be, uh, well, sort of that pivot, if you like, if you want of a better word, that um, maybe you should have stuck with a 50 and uh, be interesting to see where it goes next, of course, and still waiting on some data. But, I mean, that said, there's not a lot coming up to go on. Um, nonetheless, so, um, Nadine, what did we see on the market today, those uh, those movers? Um, I'm just looking at the heat map at the moment, actually. It was uh, probably the Goldies are the, the one sore point. Yeah, today. real laggards there. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting, the banks this week. Uh, you know, today, again, we saw CBA, NAB, Westpac up by about 2%. Um, yes, we heard from Bank of Queensland earlier in the week, and the report did, you know, beat expectations. And we saw, you know, a few brokers coming out in the wake of it saying, yeah, the banks are starting to benefit from those net interest margins rising. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It just it just feels a little bit topsy-turvy out there. I mean, I'm looking, again, at the heat map, and... You know, BHP is up by 2%. We still have some big concerns about global growth. I I spoke with um, Attila Widnell from Navigate Commodities yesterday, and he was saying, look, like, he doesn't, he doesn't anticipate that China's going to be turning on the blast furnaces and stimulating and building roads and property and everything else. He said they've already tried to stimulate. The Chinese people are not going to come out of hibernation until... COVID zero policy is over. Um, well, which leads us to that forthcoming uh, Congress meeting in China, which is all getting underway in the next week. Yeah. And that is going to be absolutely critical, of course, pretty much cementing uh, Xi as the leader uh, in perpetuity. Um, you know, reading comments uh, from uh, China Watchers saying you'll only see him step down if he dies, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, we get, we get a raft of data from China as well. It's the monthly data dump, as we call it. We also get GDP. So that's going to be really interesting to see the growth for figures coming from, from China next week. Um, look, it was a slow corporate news day. I'm looking at the best performer today being Domino's Pizza. It's up by 7%, but it's up on the back of a broker note, or at least that's really the only thing that's been published about it today. Jeffrey's coming out saying that it sees positive trends for Domino's, but, you know, Nanasonics, uh, Cochlear. Well, um, Qantas, another big mover too, because obviously saw that move yesterday off its new numbers. Mm. And uh, today then we also got some upgrades yeah, to the brokers. Yeah. But like no news that I can see associated with any of the biggest performers by percentage change and some of the biggest losers. I mean, uh, Paladin, interestingly, down by about 5%. No news. Harvey Norman, but it's trading ex-dividend today, down by about 4%. Um, it, was a, it was a bit of a struggle to find a stock of the day today to talk about, Andrew. But we managed, of course. I had my small cap specialists on, uh, Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital and Claude Walker from A Rich Life. And uh, we collectively picked Gen X Power. It was out with its um, third quarter update, um, but also just 
you know, it's sort of topical because it's got um, a takeover that's been held up. So let's let's take a listen. It's definitely not the kind of business that I usually try to invest in, which is probably one that is doing uh, profitability and high return on investment capital and hopefully not that capital intensive. So therefore not much capital required to grow. Although, you know, I have a varying range of companies in that regard. So overall, like the company itself, uh, like its mission, don't think it's overly priced, obviously, in any way. But also, it's just not the kind of uh, easy business. It's a hard business. So I am a bit skeptical of it for that reason. You do usually spit off some pretty good free cash flow. And you're starting to see that, as Claude alluded to, some decent operating cash flow, which mainly comes from their, from their solar project up in Queensland. Um, and then all that CapEx is trying to build a hydro project alongside it. So, you know, if you're a holder um, and the board initially rejected the consortium's approach, um, it does feel very opportunistic of, of someone trying to come in and, and sort of poach this company after they've done those hard yards. That is not a buy from either of my guests, but, but they've, they've, they've both been watching it and uh, reckon that, yeah, probably will get eaten up once it gets a lot of the hard work out of the way. All right, so not a lot of corporate news this side, but of course tonight it all gets yeah. underway. Something to consider over the weekend and in the week, uh, well, in the few weeks ahead is uh, US corporate earnings, uh, which is going to be critical because that's now what investors are going to be focused on. Yeah, and you know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, Andrew, but sometimes I have these notions about what might happen in markets and I'm just asking the questions, but I have sort of been formulating my questions around U.S. earnings season, wondering if, um, you know, there's a potential for these U.S. companies to outperform. I mean, expectations have come down. We've had a couple of big warnings out of the way and the economy there is still strong. Like that's that's the fundamental problem, right? Is that the economy is still, you know, firing on all cylinders in some ways uh, when it comes to, you know, the jobs market and um, demand. So, so I was quite impressed or I felt quite good that Matthew Sherwood from Perpetual, because I reckon he's, he's a really, really smart man. And he said, yeah, earnings might actually end up beating expectations this time around. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we've already had a couple. In fact, noteworthy was yesterday with Pepsi. Yeah. Uh, it was a beat. Um, just its forecasts are looking really positive, which I guess goes back to the state of the U.S. consumer. There's, they're still spending or... I don't know, do they just continue drinking those drinks regardless oh, no, of no. what's going oh, on? Oh, I know where you're going here, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's the healthiest person in our office. Oh, stop it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I always think that Pepsi is an interesting one because you get commentary, you know, on the consumer, obviously, but then whether or not they can pass prices on, yes, we're always interested in that. But also, you know, they have, like, a, a massive logistics um you know, job. They have uh, truck drivers. You know, they give you so many insights into the U.S. economy. And, and – and next week we'll get some of those, you know, those headline generators like uh, Netflix and like Tesla. You're going to have fun in the mornings next week, I think, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right across it. Uh, it's it's always an exciting time. And uh, then, of course, we can look look beyond that and uh, look to our next uh, earnings season too. Because oh I mean, inevitably, you think <laughs> you would think that a slowdown is going to hurt earnings. So yeah. is that priced in? You're yeah. saying. Well, well, potentially not with some. It's oh, already think, been priced in. <laughs> you're extrapolating a lot to next earnings season here. You're making me feel oh, just tired right now, Andrew. But um, 
don't know. I mean, we've got a lot of these quarterlies from the smaller companies coming out. I spoke with um, Josh Baker from Capital H Management today on the Small Caps program, and he said, look, he he is just basically saying, don't call me, I'll call you, because he said that he's going to be reading these reports so, so carefully this time. And he's he said, I'm going to read more than I normally would, and I'm going to do it because I need to understand what's going on at the company level. So we'll be getting quarterlies from the smaller companies and we'll still get some AGMs. And again, you know, Luke Winchester from Meriwether started off the call saying, I want detail. I want guidance. I want to know what's going on because it's a long time between drinks when you're going for these big companies, you know, August to mm. right through to February. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I, I, need, I don't know about you, but it uh, has been another long <coughs> week. So I need a bit of a breather. Yeah. School sports back on. That's always exciting. Yeah, yeah. Like, when are we slowing down again? Uh, no, okay. what? No, come Melbourne on. Cup Day. Christmas is in sight. Well, you know, once Melbourne Cup Day comes around, that's the slide towards Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, I heard that um, a lot of companies, a lot of businesses, a lot of organizations, they're still having something on November second, um, gatherings or little catch-ups, but they're not calling it Melbourne Cup Day because there's such a push. What's it called? Push back against the cup or, yeah. What, in terms of... In terms uh, of animal, animal cruelty. cruelty, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. You can't, yeah, you can't... <laughs> can't call it a race. <laughs> can't call it a race, but you can have a long have lunch. A, have a punt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, have a good weekend. I, I will. I will have, and you too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>